You're listening to The Beltway Briefing, a podcast from Cozen O'Connor Public Strategies with perspectives from both sides of the aisle. Now for political insight and strategy, let's get started with your hosts, Howard Schweitzer, Mark Alderman, and Jim Schultz. Guys, good morning. June 13th, Saturday morning. Beautiful, beautiful day here in just outside the nation's capital. And uh, Jim, you had a pretty extraordinary day yesterday. Um, Tell us about what it was like to travel with the vice president on Air Force Two. I'll tell you, I've done this a couple of times, Howard, and this time was pretty special because I think, you know, this we were able to move around Pennsylvania. We left Andrews Air Force Base in the morning. Our first stop was at a church and, you know, addressed with um, African-American religious leaders in Pittsburgh, the issues that are going on in this country right now. And listen, it was really a listening opportunity for the vice president and an opportunity to listen uh, about the solutions that the, uh, that the religious community wants to bring forward. And it was a very, very sobering discussion, but at the same time, you know, it was very frank and very honest. And, and I think the vice president got a lot out of it. And at the same time, I think the, 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 the religious leaders got a lot out of it as well. From there, we moved on to a diner, Dave's diner outside of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, where, you know, the vice president had lunch with um, Senator Toomey and a bunch of constituents from Western Pennsylvania. Um, from there, we made our way over to um, Oberg Industries, a manufacturing facility in Western Pennsylvania that manufactures medical equipment, among other things. Uh, there, he had a, a hundred people socially distanced, spaced out from one another um, at an America First Policies event um, at Oberg Industries, and that was a huge success as well. Um, I think it was it was good for the vice president to be seen in Pennsylvania. And I think it was good for the you know, I think everyone was excited. I know everyone was excited to see him lined along the streets, though. Howard and Mark were, you know, three and four deep folks just waving American flags and and wanting to see the vice president as he traveled through western Pennsylvania. So it was, it was a good trip. It's a good trip. So, Jim, back on the the listening part of it, the conversation with religious leaders what what were people saying it was really you know i i thought it was very interesting to hear the you know the you know the religious leaders and and one of them happened to be a former police officer and to hear his take on this especially having you know be being a leader in an african-american community and a religious leader in african-american community but also having been mark Technical difficulties here on the Beltway Technical Briefing. Technical difficulties. When Jim returns, I do want to ask him about masks, since the leader of the pandemic task force, the vice president, Mike Pence, as far as I could tell from the coverage, didn't bring a mask with him. I, I apologize to our listeners. Uh, for some reason, I had a technical issue there. You asked about social distancing and masks and all that. So, no, when we were in the diner, we weren't wearing masks. The staff had been tested. Everyone on Air Force Two had been tested. And there had been folks that uh, we were socially distancing in every stop that we made. So, no, there weren't masks. Were you, were you there... cooking and serving your own lunch? Well, had the other no, patrons we in the diner been tested? Right, but, but, 
But here's, I don't want Mike Pence to get sick. But but that's not the point, Mark. Other page, you, we're going to open up in New Jersey Monday, and you're not going to have to wear a mask when you're eating your lunch. We're going to open up. We open up Pennsylvania, and when you when you, when you're in a restaurant, yeah. you're not going to be wearing a mask while yeah. you're chewing your meal. Your server's supposed to. Well, sure, the servers well, at, were wearing masks. Is a start, and, and and that was and it is and that's controversial. Right, but, but you know, I look, don't understand Mark, why reopening is a partisan issue. Why like wearing masks? I don't, is a partisan I don't know issue. why it's a partisan issue either, Howard. But at the same time, people need to li- lead their lives, and you know what? Mark's party doesn't want him to do that. He wants him to yeah, stay shut in in the basement like Joe Biden. Point, That's not what he wants him to do. Because, of course, you know why it's become a partisan issue. The president of the United States stood in front of the American people and said, yeah, 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 I get it, Dr. Fauci and all that. They want you to wear masks. Maybe maybe you will, maybe you won't, But but it's not for me. It's not for me. Those are his words. It's not. I'll for tell you me. what. In Florida, you know, you you walk around Florida. You know what? Go- governor, governor of Florida took all kinds of trouble for his handling of COVID. You know what? Everyone now is saying that he was the gold standard. You know what? Yeah. Florida doesn't have the problems Jim. that Pennsylvania did, that New Jersey Jim, did. Jim, you that, better that New York. You better, did. you better check. Uh, the statistics because things are going the other direction. Well, a lot of it places is, now. And I get it, but Florida isn't one of yeah, them. It Howard. is. And what's what parts of Florida are they having problems, Howard? And what who are the constituents that are having those problems? It has nothing to do with the with the with the masks or any of the any of the actions that he took from the beginning. It has nothing to do with well, it. that. I don't disagree with, but the fact of the matter is. I'm going to hold up. He handled it. He handled it well. The map on covidexitstrategy.com, which is a good website, by the way, .org rather, covidexitstrategy.org. You can see all the red from Florida to California. And it's it's concerning. Wait, what's the point? If Democrats are getting sick, it doesn't matter. What is the question? Same things in Pennsylvania. No. The demographic of folks getting sick are vulnerable populations in mass, right? And they have to do a better. We need to do a better job in Pennsylvania. That we have seventy, Look. almost seventy percent of the people who who died in this Commonwealth from this were in were in nursing homes. We're in nursing homes. Look, yeah, but that's not the only issue. And seventy percent, nearly point is, seventy. This isn't a partisan issue. This isn't a partisan issue. This week. Oregon and Utah, two states that are on opposite ends of the political spectrum generally, pause their reopenings. That's that's not this disease doesn't vote. I get it. It's not Democrat. Well, let's let's talk about the let's talk about the new area in Seattle, Mark, where the mayor's allowing everyone we're allowing to take over the city. Around City Hall, are they social distancing? There is the mayor making everyone Jim, wear masks. There, okay, come on, that's Mark. Just right. We held that's a convention. Indicative of your party, right? Well, we now. did. We held a convention, and a majority of Democrats voted to let uh, anarchists take over Seattle. You're you're right, Jim. 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 You're afraid. Your of, mayor. You are afraid. You the are mayors afraid in these of, blue cities are failing. The mayors okay, and, and the governors in the blue states are failing. Keep, all right, get, keep going. No, keep I'm going. not done. You're the afraid people aren't of gonna facts. Be done. 
And I'll and I'll tell you what the folks in what you know those Democrats and I, and I know you took advantage of the fact that I wasn't online at the time, but the fact of the matter is, the people that were lining those streets, Mark, a lot of those folks in Western Pennsylvania, does. Democrats. That should does, worry but, Joe Biden. Between, that should worry Joe Biden. Between now, because he's out of touch with Democrats, between, with mainstream Democrats, he's out of touch with them. Well, he did Hard just win the nomination of he's out the of party. Touch. So whatever else you want to say, he is not out of touch. With a majority of competition of wasn't all that strong. Jim, are you afraid of facts? It is a fact, a fact. It is a fact that if everyone wore masks, lives would be saved. It is a fact, a fact that you can reopen the economy wearing a mask. This isn't really? a lockdown. Can you go to dinner and have dinner and we wear a mask in a restaurant? This. You can wear a mask on your way and you can wear a mask leaving and going home. And you can take a mask off to eat, of course, of course. No in public. Sitting in your no car? Public, sure. There is no right. competition between the public. Outside? In you're a suggesting crowd? coming and going yeah. that we in should all crowd? wear masks outside, Mark? You know, you're walking out of a restaurant and you're and you're going to walk you're going to walk down the the the, the beachfront, Mark, or you're in Nantucket and you're going to be walking Beautiful, around wearing a mask. Jim. I don't know Where, that it's. It, I don't know that doing that saves lives, Mark. Wearing masks saves lives it's in your certain instances. In certain instances, yes. When it's, you're in a crowd, and that's yes. where you and were among untested people. Yes, you were. The fact of the matter is, both Republicans and Democrats have screwed this thing up. I mean, California is spiking, Florida's spiking, North Carolina's spiking. Different states with different governors from different parties everybody's having issues it's it's but you haven't seen the problems like you've seen the, the overreach that happened in some of these blue states and what they did to the businesses and there is a trade-off there is a travesty the fact that we're just opening in in new jersey now for outdoor dining on monday on monday for the entire state is a travesty these businesses are dying down and no one's taking that into consideration because well, they don't care. Why are we reopening? They don't the, care. The, the, so Phil Murphy can go I love. I love they that I get care. to. Howard, I'm, I'm, I love that I get to attack both Phil sides. Murphy, <laughs> Phil Murphy has destroyed the economy, has destroyed the economy in New Jersey single-handedly with the restrictive policies that he is in, in implemented. Lives. It's unbelievable to Saved me. Saved lives. Fine. You can wear, fine, wear a mask. The health care system. How, flatten the curve. The, flatten the curve. There's been there. There has not been one hospital. There hasn't been one person because of that's the measures gone without, that a, without a ventilator. These are just facts, Jim. You can not argue one, not one. And you heard. And you Howard, all you tell, heard was that the hospitals were going to be done. overrun. I'm going to take a they nap. Weren't tell overrun. Me when, they weren't overrun they because overrun. of the measures that were taken. You can argue. Right, you Blue Florida. They took argue, different measures, Mark, and they weren't overrun there argue, either. That we should have. The facts are the facts. And everybody said, oh, we have so many elderly in Florida. We're going to have a terrible situation. It's going to be the worst state. You know what it really was? Do you wasn't? think the election comes down to it where really we are on this virus come November? No. I do. No, I don't. I, I think I don't. that. Well, I think I, I think from an, from from a, okay, if, if I believe that where we are as a country from re a reopening perspective, yes, if, I do I believe think it's, that. 
actually entirely out of his hands. If, <laughs> if we come up with a meaningful therapeutic drug or unlikely, but not out, completely out of the realm of possibilities, we have made really, really big progress on a vaccine before November 3rd, he's going to ride that all the way to re-election. And if we don't, he's not. I don't think it's right at all. I think, you know, people vote with their pocketbooks, right? And they still do. The majority of this country is going to vote with their pocketbooks. But it's related. And it, it is interrelated, Howard. But when, they, when you look at the two candidates and you say, who's going to lead us out of this? Who's going to bring back our economy? One has a really good record of that. I'll, I'll tell you, Mark, I'm really worried. Really good record on the economy. What's Joe Rack Biden got? He's the vice president who presided over who was, the greatest who was, who recovery was in American history. Years. He presided, presided over, over Obama the American put him in a room recovery and reinvented. Oh, come on, Jimmy. You know he presided come over on, the American no. recovery. He didn't preside over anything. He ran he the recovery. We ran nothing. Howard, you worked Mark, for it. Come on. Mark, I mean, what Mark, world are you living in, I'm, Mark? Mark, I mean, I'm, I'm going to side oh with Jim my on this gosh. one. I mean, listen, listen. I've been in multiple administrations from both parties, and the number two is always locked away in a closet, no matter what the optics are that they put around it In for the vice president the deputy secretary of whatever agency it is, there's only one person that matters in each institution, and it's the man or woman running it. Period, period, period. Joe Biden has 40 years of Senate experience. Joe Biden's been around Washington. He understands politics. There's no question. And as I saw Republican voters against Trump are running an ad where Lindsey Graham calls him, the best person in the history of the universe. But probably a little let's not extreme. pretend that he was running the country. He didn't say he was running he the country, said he ran the American he Recovery and Reinvestment Act. I think you have to that wasn't a successful piece of legislation. And it wasn't where the action was. I mean, you want to talk about talking points. Oh, my God. Did they send that to you last night after your fundraiser? No, the fundraiser was Wednesday. With a bunch of your elitist friends? Yeah. Right. You are so indicative of what the Democratic Party looks like today, I'm sure. People, I don't, <laughs> let's. You want to go through the uh, the guest list on Air Force Two? Let let the guest list on Air Force Two. Yeah, was no, me. Yeah, okay. And then you know where we went and to the we entire went to list was. We went to an African American. We went to an we went to an African American nice church. Where was Joe Biden? Nice. <laughs> Hanging out with you was, and your elitist wait, wait. friends. I, he, his invitation <laughs> got lost in the mail. And I worry that Joe Biden, I mean, every day I hear some other anecdote about him pandering to the left, whether it's sending this this week. I heard something about sending back campaign contributions from big time Democratic fundraisers, big time Democratic contributors who happen to be in the oil and gas industry. I mean, what? Like, that's not Joe Biden. Is Joe Biden and, taking money? Is, is Joe Biden taking money from PACs, Mark? No. 
is this, I'm sure the super PAC will take all, all they can get though. Well, right. I, as you know, that's independent. Look, so Joe hasn't changed. Anybody super that PAC listens to this regularly knows I am not a fan of Donald J. Trump day to day. As I'm helping clients navigate through Washington, as I've said a thousand times, there are some good people in this administration. And the problem with the administration is the guy at the top. And it's not the people, the people down below are like normal Republican operatives. They're not, they're not Trump sycophants. And, but I worry because I, I just see a ton of pandering. You mean, you mean Howard, are you admitting that Trump didn't hire a bunch of loyalists to come in? Did you just say that? The political. Down below in the agencies, there are a lot of good people. Right, right. That I'm listen. I, well, I'm shocked. I just said it. Critique, <laughs> I admit it. I've said it before. Critiquing the Biden campaign is fair comment. We do it every Saturday. This is the part of the program where Howard and Jim gang up on me. <laughs> then we go back to critiquing the administration or the president. Let's start and there. You and I gang, and up, we gang on Jim. up on Jim. I vote for that part of the program at this point <laughs> because the leadership is missing. The leadership on the, on the virus is missing. The leadership on the uh, racial justice is missing. He did move the rally in Tulsa from the from Juneteenth, from the day that the country celebrates the end of the Civil War. He did move it a day. Somebody got to him, Jim. Whoever got to Stephen Miller, I assume, is the guy you have to get to on all of the racial injustice, I will absolutely say. So where's the leadership? Actually, Mark, just on that. I actually think that's not right. I think it is probably, and Jim, I'm curious in your take on this, curious about your take on this. It was probably Donald Trump watching CNN and MSNBC in his bedroom that led to oh, that to change the date. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I yeah. agree with you, changing the date. I'm saying Stephen because Miller must have picked the date because Donald Trump doesn't know what Juneteenth is. It's not a holiday on on his. So calendar. because Stephen Miller he wants it. meaningful immigration reform, he's a racist. Is that no, what you're saying? Because Mark? he scheduled a rally in Tulsa, a city with a tragic. So so you know that Stephen Miller scheduled I'm, scheduled a rally and come on, you're just making it up now. Well, I'm guessing. You're just making it up. <laughs> you're making it up. The come on, Trump Martin. campaign scheduled the rally. The guy wants and, to protect our borders, and therefore he's a racist. That's what you're saying about Stephen. Listen, Miller. Mark, what I'm saying is, if you're me, you're the you're the proverbial man in the middle. You voted for both parties. You've worked for both parties. You're me. Like Joe Biden is not taking positions and running a campaign that makes the person in the middle, the man or woman in the middle, feel like, from a policy point of view. How does we how did that he, they should come over? How does he deal with the Mark? How does he deal with the defund the police? Seventy percent disapproval on that. Yeah, well, he's how's he doing? He's already said he's not in favor of defunding. He's not the police. in favor of defunding in, the police. He's in favor. Is of there a reforming. button there somewhere? There's no, no. 
What's the, what are the reforms no. look like? What reforms does he put forward? The reform, though, the Democrats in the House. What does he advance forward? Put forth a no, I'm talking package. about Joe Biden. What does he well, advance? Wait, wait, you can't have it does every which way. That? Last week, in- Nancy Pelosi was the leader of the Democratic well, Party. Well, right, that's my point, right? He, they are the leader. The, the, she is the leader of the Democratic Party. The House is taking the lead on these issues. And I'll tell you what, there's a lot of folks in the House that want to defund the police. What's Joe Biden doing? A whole lot of nothing. No, Joe Biden is working on a campaign. From his basement. Because of a public health crisis that is going to determine the election. Let's go back to that, because I didn't get a chance while you guys were ganging up on the Biden campaign to answer that question. But I, I think it's deaths and jobs, and I'm praying for fewer deaths and more jobs, whatever the political consequences. But I think Howard's right, and I think that come November, and by definition, you aren't going to know until Halloween, that this virus is going to determine both. It's going to determine deaths and it's going to determine jobs. And I think that those two numbers are going to determine this election unless and until something else happens. A month ago, George Floyd was alive. Look where we are now. We don't know. He survived coronavirus. We don't know what what (laughs) comes next, but I promise you whatever comes next, there's going to be the same kind of partisan, self-interested leadership from from the president. And I think people have had it. The, The chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff apologized for being used as a political prop. People are tired of the failure of leadership. People are tired of the self-interested, narcissistic focus. I'll tell you what, those Democrats along the street didn't seem that way yesterday. But Mark, my point, we're not ganging up on you because you know where, you know I'm not voting for Donald Trump. Yeah, I'm not and, I'm not calling you out on we all know who you're voting for, and I'm not calling you out on it. But if you want to confess, why aren't but, you voting for well, Donald Trump, Howard? Because I think he's tearing down important institutions and I think his rhetoric is divisive. And I think there are like I said, there are a lot of good people in the administration doing a lot of good work. Did you vote you for him have, the last time? You can't have the guy at the top. I declined to answer that question. So you're going to be. Can't have the, you can't have the guy at the top um, spewing the kind of rhetoric. And, and it's not consistent with, with, my, with my values. But, and I'm sorry if the Democratic Party hasn't to date, we got a ways to go, presented a candidate whom you are enthusiastically in favor of. It's not about that. It's about. But but there's a contrast. It is a choice. It is a choice between someone doing what you said Donald Trump is doing doing and someone who won't do any of that. Joe Biden won't do any of what you just said, and you know it. And and we're going to have four years of. And by the way, apropos. I, I agree. Apropos but, of your Jim's question about who voted, my vote for, doesn't for count. Last, well, because you live in Maryland, but there are people like right. you. But that suburban soccer mom outside Pittsburgh, her vote and, does. And right now, I believe, and the polls say so, to the degree you can believe anything in those polls, people have had it. 
right now. People have had it. Now it's a long way to go. But I want to I want to defend Howard not well, disclosing who, who he voted for, because I don't know if you saw what Snoop Dogg said, Jim. This is a, a big time Democrat who made a statement yesterday about the president in which he said, uh, anyone who voted for Trump last time, I got no problem with that. Anybody who's still with him, problem and a bunch of expletives. Leave out the expletives. But I think that's where... I'm, 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 I'm glad you think Snoop Dogg <laughs> is driving political thought in this country. I'm impressed that Mark yeah. knows who Snoop I'm Dogg is. Really I'm impress you. not sure he does, Jim. I I'm really not you. sure he does. Wait a minute. I, I mean, Snoop Dogg says you shouldn't vote for him, so... Did, I, you know, Mark, I'm, did Holly and Ben... I, did Ethan give you a tutorial on I, Snoop Dogg? I am the one in this house who pointed out that he was, he was Snoop Dogg, then he became Snoop Lion, then he went back to Snoop Dogg. I have followed this thinker. He's... he's uh, a very, Mark, I, I'm the only guy on this call that <laughs> on this line that actually has him on playlists. I'm a fan, yeah, but I don't want him driving political thought. Yeah, I don't know. He's on one of my Peloton uh, playlists, so I, I think he's a, a philosopher, Jim. Let's let's pivot to the to the military, um, extraordinary military thing that's going on, where you had um, the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff. Uh, apologize and and th consider resignation over appearing at St. John's Church with the president. You had Mattis come out. We talked about that a little bit last week. You had the defense secretary basically say he's not for troops in the streets. He basically rebuked the president. This is, I mean, never in our lifetimes, never in the history of this country, by the way, I think it's a I think it's a good thing. Well, if, if because I mean, obviously, no one wants troops in the streets. But when the governors don't do their jobs and the mayors don't do their jobs in terms of policing, but Jim, I'm just talking about with, the fact that he was rebuked. Whether it's what he was Camden rebuked did, by the Secretary of Defense did, and the Chairman of the Joint which, Chiefs of Staff, which I think the President of the United States got taken to the woodshed by his two senior defense officials. They disagree it's, with the boss, right? Yeah. yeah. How often does that but happen? Why? They disagree why? with they the dis boss. They didn't disagree with him when, over what brand of coffee should be served in the right. White House but, mess. But what no did they disagree about? No one wants to, no one wants disagreed to have about whether the president but should have, you have constitutionalship. They doesn't know how to deal with the crisis that we had last week, like the in any way, shape, or form. Right, like the mayor they, of they Washington, you needed troops in Lafayette Square on that Monday to clear the demonstrators, so the deeply religious leader Donald Trump I'm, could hold up a Bible. I didn't. We've been through this, Mark. But Jim, that's you, what they you know. It's not just for. disagreeing with the boss. You know, it is symbolically huge. Huge to quote the president that a that the Secretary of Defense and the Chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff uh, go against the view of the president. I don't think I've ever seen that happen in in my fifty one years, and it's it's enormous. I actually think it's a huge positive because there's a this concern that gets repeated 
time and time again about what if Trump loses in the fall and won't leave office? I mean, I know you've said, Jim, you're not worried about that, that if he loses, he'll go. But a lot of people are worried about that. And I think who's worried about that? A lot of people. A lot of Americans are worried. People on the far left that didn't like Donald Trump to begin with. But that's not the point. The point is. Nobody, no, but people are not worried about that. that I'm with Howard. I'm worried about it. It was. I'm worried about it. Again, the man in the middle. I'm worried about it. I think we've seen over and over and over again his willingness to, to, buck constitutional norms. I'm really worried about it. He's already tweeting daily about a rigged election and an illegal election and mail-in voter fraud and this, that, and the other thing. I'm I'm actually really worried about it. The the U.S. Attorney's Office in Philadelphia just indicted someone for voter fraud in Philadelphia during a primary election cycle for just running up votes when people were out to lunch. Are you I'm worried me? about it. The president should be tweeting about election security and election fraud because it happens. Someone just got indicted for it in Philadelphia. Oh, come on. We know. It didn't, he, there wasn't an indictment. By the way, that was a primary election. It had nothing to do with a partisan election. Do you, do you think if he loses, he goes gracefully? What, what do you mean goes gracefully? He'll leave office like every other president has left office. Is he going to okay. go loudly? Mark, say, yes. Let's, say, let's clip this and save it. Is he going to be sitting there on January 20th, still in the office? No. No, he's not. I think it was, as Howard was saying, a very good day for the country when the military leadership embraced the Constitution, which is what the disagreement was about. The disagreement wasn't trivial. The disagreement was core. It was foundational to what a republic, a democrat. What did it have to do with the Constitution, Mark? What was the constitutional issue? What was the fundamental? Using the United States military for political purposes. What do you mean for political purposes? So we, Jim. Cities were on fire, Mark. We're talking about clearing peaceful demonstrators from public property so he could march to a church and hold up a Bible. And what else you know was it, happening around that time? You know it, it was and curfew, I know it, right? Jim, Jim, the, the curfew was happening. And what happened in that park the day before? And what happened to those buildings? You wouldn't have done it. I'm defending you here. You wouldn't have done it, and you know it. And the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff regret. You're right. I wouldn't have done it. Okay. And but, the but I think I think, I think the media and it's the media not, took a lot of information and conflated a lot of it. And you're right. That wouldn't have been a choice I would have made. But I also know that there is, there, the media took this and the Democrats took it and conflated a lot of the issues that were going on in that park that evening. The man that Donald Trump appointed to be acting secretary of defense was influenced by the media. And that he didn't, it, right, that he didn't want to march across the park is a different story. Mark. By his core commitment to the Constitution. It's a good thing. That's a good thing. And if we have become the clearing of the park was not a the invocation of the Insurrection Act of 1807 was criticized by Trump. Did he actually use of did he actually did he actually Jim, use we have become so partisan? It's tragic, honestly, in this country and, and on this podcast, which is hardly the country, I'll, I'll yield. 
It's just tragic, though. Just tragic. <laughs> sure. If we have become so partisan that that it's defense of Donald Trump above all else. Above I said I wouldn't do it, Mark. I didn't. Def- I, I said I didn't do it. I think the depiction of the news media was stupid. I'm not defending the act walking across the park. I don't think it was the right political move. How about- I don't think it was. I'm just focused on the symbolism of the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, the secret and the Secretary of Defense. Not to mention his former former National Security Advisor taking him to task and disagreeing with him very publicly. It's a it's a great day and a sad day all all I'm at gonna, once. I'm and- gonna seize this this moment, Jim. And say that uh, I'm sorry to break up the party. I'm happy to end on that note. And believe it or not, you can't make this stuff up. I have to go. I have a call, Jim, with the Biden campaign. I don't know whether I'll be talking to people in the basement or not, but I'm going out on the deck. I'll be in the sunshine and I'm going to have to uh, sign off for that. Mark, just make sure there are some chirping birds in the background because we know you like your chirping At birds. At the fundraiser, the former vice president, future president, was sitting out on his deck. We had the birds, the trees, and the pond. It was very serene, Jim. Very serene. You would have found it peaceful. Right. Did not right. see. Uh, he was wearing no tie, I think. It was sport jacket, no tie. But But I'm not sure. I'm sure he was not wearing a black sleeveless tee, like a one. <laughs> Otherwise known as a tank top. tank top. Mark, I said it earlier. I'll say it now. Sun's <laughs> out, guns out. Mark. On that note, you get, <laughs> see you later. You get Guys, the last have a great weekend. Thank you for listening to the Beltway Briefing. If you liked our show, subscribe on iTunes or Spotify. And while you're at it, drop us a rating. To learn more about the Beltway Briefing or Cozen O'Connor Public Strategies, please visit our website at copublicstrategies.com.